glorify you, we magnify you on tonight. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. That it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go back over what we went over last week. And we was talking about dealing with what the congregation does. Um, We dealt with um, the apostles. We dealt with the elders. Um, So we're going to deal with what say the congregation has when it comes to the church. Um, The definition for congregation is a gathering of people or people who share the same faith and habitually attend the same church. A gathering of people or people who share the same faith and habitually attend the same church. Because we can have people that um, does not belong to this church but believe and they come in and fellowship with us on Sunday. So when I say it's a gathering of people or people who share the same faith, it could be people that comes that are from other churches that fellowship with us as well. I gave you Hebrews 10.25 when it says, the Amplified says, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as in the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. So the Bible tells us that we should not forsake or neglect to assemble together. I gave you another scripture in Acts 2, verse 42. This was right after Peter did um, the sermon. It said, they spent, devoted their time learning the apostles' teaching, sharing, fellowship, breaking bread, and praying together. So those two scriptures tell us that we should be coming together in fellowship. And I gave you reasons why we should come together in fellowship. We just don't come to church just to look pretty or come to church um, just to conversate. We come to church for for these reasons as a congregation or as members. So let's talk about what do the congregation do when they come together. We talked about thanksgiving, praise, and worship. I gave you the scripture, Psalms 100, verse 4. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. So when we come up in here on Sundays, we know that Judah, you know, they uh, be in thanksgiving, praise, and worship. And when they come together and they're singing unto the Lord, we join in with them as a congregation in thanksgiving, in praise, and in worship because we're honoring God. The Bible said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So when we come together and congregate, when we come together as members, we want to lift up the name of Jesus together. And that's showing all of us as believers that we're exalting him. We're not exalting ourselves. We don't come up in here to exalt one another. We come up in here to exalt Jesus. So when we come into fellowship, we're learning how to exalt him together. We're learning that it's about him and not about us. So anyone that is a member of Miracle Temple and that come out and fellowship with us, they're being taught this is what we do. When Judah presents song, when they go before the Lord in singing, when they go before the Lord in thanksgiving and praise and in worship, they're letting us this is they're letting us know this is what we should be doing, exalting the Lord, lifting his name up. So that's what the congregation come together in fellowship and do. The next thing we talked about was teaching. 
when we come together, you are taught. And we went over Galatians 6, verse 6, which says, Anyone who's learning the teaching of God, being instructed in the word, should share all the good things he has with his teacher. So we come in here to be taught. We're taught the way um, that God wants us to be taught, his way of doing things. We're taught to seek ye first the kingdom his righteousness and his way of doing things and all of these things will be added unto us. That's what Matthew chapter 6 says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing things and all of these things shall be added unto you. So when we come together in fellowship, we are being taught the things of God, his way of doing things. That way we can be on one accord no matter where we go. We will not accept anything except what we're being taught. We will not accept false doctrine, false teachers, false prophets, because if you are up under a teacher, if you are up under someone that's teaching you the way of the Lord, the way that we should be living, nobody should be able to take you from that way. It's just like when um, we were growing up with parents. Our parents would teach us in the way that we should go, and that way should be in the way of the Lord. Some of us may not have been taught that when we were growing up, but I believe that if it wasn't by if it wasn't by the parents, it could have been the aunts, the uncles, the grandparents, or somebody was there to teach you in the right way to go. So all of us should be taught the right way to go, and the right way is God's way. There's no other way. So we just don't come into fellowship to get false doctrine. We want to make sure that all of us are on the one accord and we're getting the same thing. You may have um, different people teaching you, but the teachings that they give you should line up with what the word of God is saying. If those teachers and teachers are not lining up, then you need to get with that teacher. So correction can come according to the word. What do the Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing, but in all you're getting, get what? Get understanding. So we come together to be taught the word of God. And so many people don't think fellowship is necessary. Fellowship is necessary. When you fellowship, you're participating, you're sharing in the same beliefs, in the things that you believe according to the word of God. If you do not show up, for Clem, if you do not show up for church services, guess what happens? When you do show up, you're going to feel left out because the things that are being taught and you didn't get those things and you're not going into the word of God, people begin to feel rejected. They begin to feel like people talking about me. They begin to feel like I don't know what I'm talking about or the teachers don't know what they're talking about. Jude ain't singing right. They're going to always be mumbers and complainers. Because they're not coming into fellowship. They don't know what the body of Christ is doing. So when you miss out on what the body of Christ is doing, you're going to come against what the body of Christ is doing. Because you're not getting taught the word of God. There are so many wannabes. I'm going to say this. There are so many wannabes in the church. What I mean by wannabe, you want to be this, you want to be that, but you don't want to get in your word. Mm. That's a good one, isn't it? Thank you, Holy Ghost. There's a lot of wannabes sitting right amongst us in church, but nobody want to get in the word of God because you have a lot of people that are saying that they are saved, but they don't fellowship. They don't come together on one accord. They give their own opinions and they begin to give those opinions to other people and people begin to think that that's right 
because they're trusting the person that is coming from. But we always supposed to go back and search the scriptures. Even with me teaching you guys, you don't supposed to just take me at my word, even though I'm not going to lead you astray. You need to go back through the word of God yourself and you need to say, God, I heard what apostle said. I heard what the teacher said. I even heard what Judah is singing. But God, what are you saying to me today? That's why it's good to ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of the word that was spoken unto you. So the Holy Spirit will go back and remind you of these scriptures. Y'all don't take this lightly. When we have Clem and I'm taking the time out to give you the word of God. If I'm taking the time out to give you this word, then evidently the Lord know this is something that you need. Don't just come in here on Tuesdays and then you know when you got a test and you study for it that day. This word need to be so much in us that regardless if we have a test or not, when somebody asks us something, we know how to answer according to the word. We have an assurity because we've been taught the way of God that when people ask us, we don't have to ask nobody else to agree with us because we know what we have been taught and we know what the word of God says to us. This is why we go to school, right? We went from kindergarten, preschool, kindergarten on up to the 12th grade. Each time that you went up a grade, they had to know what you was taught in that previous grade. Is that right, Teresa? It's a certain time you should know your ABCs. If you don't know your ABCs, that teacher is concerned. She's going to go say, wait a minute now, how were they in this grade? They already got your progress report. They already know what you were doing and what you were not doing. So when we miss out on something, we lag behind. You cannot just catch up the word of God overnight. That's why you take a little bit at a time, a little bit, and you chew on that little bit. It's best to have one verse of scripture to chew on than getting 10 verses of scripture to chew on and you ain't got that first one. Some people want people to know that they can memorize the word. What's the point of memorizing something that you're not living? When the word gets really on the inside of you, it's not hard to live. It becomes so much a part of you like tying your shoe. When your parents taught you how to tie your shoe, you don't have to look at the shoe to tie it no more. When they taught you how to button your shirt, nobody have to look at the shirt to button it no more. They just button it up. But when it comes to the word of God, we miss it. We hit and miss it because we're not in it long enough for it to get into us. So we need to come together in fellowship and take the time out um, from our busy schedules when it comes to the word to say, God, I want to sit here. Until I hear what you're saying unto me. God, I don't want to go on what Apostle Mando is, uh, is saying. I want to go on what you're speaking to me. I know she wouldn't lead me astray, but what are you saying about this scripture? Is there something else I need to get out of this scripture for myself? And as God begin to talk with you, it will stick with you. And nobody should be able to change your mind when it comes to the word of God. So we need the fellowship, y'all. We need that coming together. And the more you come together and the more you fellowship and the more you participate in what God is doing, you feel like when you can't be here, something is missing. I don't know about you. When you have something or someone in your life for so long and you participating and you're sharing, when you're not here, you just feel like, man, I wish I could be there. It's not the same. Because you enjoy that fellowship. Um, husbands and wives, you enjoy that time being together. Even though you fuss, even though you say things you shouldn't. When that husband ain't home, you know he ain't home. When that wife ain't home, you know she ain't home. 
You want to have that time with one another. You want to have that fellowship and that sharing. And that's what it should be when it comes to the body of Christ. The next thing was communion. Um, That was Matthew 26, chapter 26, 26 through 29. When we have communion on second Sundays, we participate in that and we fellowship in that together because it's reminding us of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And by us being reminded of what he has done for us, we're not taking communion to get anything done, but we're coming together like a celebration and said, I'm taking this bread because I know what you went through in your body on my behalf. I know what the bread represent. I know what the juice represent. So we coming together and we're fellowshipping and we're participating. People that have not been taught about communion, they take it like it's a piece of bread and it's juice. Because they have not been taught about the meaning of communion. They come up, they take it any kind of way. And this is why people die early. <laughs> Because they don't know about communion and they don't know what it represents. It represents everything that Jesus have already done for us. So when we come together in communion, y'all, we don't take it lightly. That's just a table that says, do this in remembrance of me, where we have the bread and the juice on the table. But when we come together and we fellowship and all of us on one accord, believing the same thing, coming together in unity, don't you know that God is showing up and showing out because we're just not taking the bread because we're hungry or drinking the juice because we're thirsty. We're partaking of what he's already done. That's why we should fellowship. So if you miss in church and we're coming in here on second Sundays and we're taking it, when you get ready to take it, the enemy going to fill you up with guilt. You know, you ain't been here. You don't know what they've, she been teaching on. You better not take that. You know what you said last night. But when you continue in fellowship, when you continue coming together and participating You don't have no guilt. You don't have no shame. You don't have all of this. I noticed this. I don't know if y'all noticed this. If we have a certain amount of people that fellowship all the time and they have that sharing all the time, you don't have no problem sitting with those people. Amen? They just like family, right? They just like sisters and brothers. Let's say you are part of that family, but you in and out. You hitting and missing. So when you come in and you sit down and you take a seat, the first thing the enemy say is they talking about you because you ain't been here. Or the enemy may say, you know what? Look at all them getting along. They don't like you. I don't know why you still in that church. You might as well just go and find another church. See, the enemy going to make you feel that way. He going to make you feel like you're not a part. But the more you come in and the more you participate in what the church is doing, because we're doing it unto the Lord, y'all, it's not about us. When we have little fellowships like going bowling or doing movie night, we're doing it as fellowship. We're doing it as a group of believers coming together, you know, fellowshipping one with another. And the movie is still uplifting Jesus and we're just coming together as a body. But when you don't participate in those things and you decide to participate, some people come in feeling like I'm not a part no more. 
The longer you stay out of the body of Christ, the more you feel like you're not a part of the body of Christ. Because that was a choice that some people have made. But when you continue to fellowship, you may have certain people that you fellowship with, that you get along with, and you know, you may do certain things together. You know when they're missing, right? Because those are the, as people say, those are my peeps. You know, those are the ones I hang with. Those are the ones I know about. And fellowship helps you to get to know one another. Because everybody, just because we're born again, everybody is not the same. In Christ, you're supposed to be. But everybody have a different way of saying things. It may not be said the same way because you got to deal with everybody differently. So if Teresa is here all the time, and y'all know Teresa's demeanor, and Teresa may say something, oh, that's just Teresa. Because we got to know Teresa, right? But let's say that... Um, Sister Loretta, she's not here all the time, and where she is, she's not here all the time. So when Teresa says something, she'd be like, I'm offended. Why you say that? And everybody looking at Sister Loretta across that, like, hmm. And we say, that's just Teresa. But being that she's, she don't fellowship with us with Teresa, she's, she's taking offense. This is what happens when we don't come together as a body and fellowship and share in the same things and getting to know one another. When you get to know people's demeanor, you don't get offensive. You know how to go to that person. You know what to say to that person. You know um, what's behind what that person is saying or doing. But if that person is never here and you never get to fellowship with that person, you're going to get offended in some kind of way, shape, or form. Then some people might be here all the time but some people don't get to know that person. So they looking at that person still funny because they don't look right. They ain't acting right. They ain't talking right. But when all of us are in the same word, getting the same teaching, and come on one accord, there is no dispute that we cannot settle together because everybody's going to have the same answer no matter who you go to. That's how it's supposed to be. Just like an organization, a company, they have rules, they have policies, they have procedures. So when something happened in that company, you have an answer, a final answer. And everybody's supposed to have the same answer in that company based on their policies and procedures. You can't go around it. You can't go through it. You just have to do exactly what they say and to do. So each person's supposed to be answering the same way because you following those policies and procedures. If they say after three times you're fired, then you are fired because that's what they're saying. So each person is supposed to have the same answer. And this is how it's supposed to be in the word of God. We're supposed to have the same answer. The word does not change. The person might change, but the word is not going to change. So we have the thanksgiving, praise, and worship. We come together in fellowship. We have teaching where we come together in fellowship. We have communion where we come together in fellowship. And then the next thing that we have, too, is receiving new members. And this is something that um, we're going to have to open back up, and we have done it on several occasions, but I want to invite the whole body of Christ instead of the leaders in receiving these new members because when we receive new members, we want to get to know the ones that are part of the body. So we don't want to leave nobody out. We want to be able to 
recognize them and let them know what we do. And this is why we hand out membership booklets to let them know what we believe. So everybody would be on one accord. So everybody won't say we do this and another person say, no, we do this. That's why you need to know the vision of the ministry. So when people come in, we're saying the same thing. So receiving new members, that's Acts 247. And this is where, where they praised God and were liked by all the people. Every day the Lord added those who were being saved to the group of believers. Who added them? God added them. They were added to the body of Christ. So each time somebody is added to the body of Christ, we should get to know that member, right? We should know that they are part of us. And when people are a part of you, y'all, we don't tear them down. We build them up. We're a family, right? Like I said, I make him talk about him, but y'all can't. That's my husband. <laughs> I may fuss him out, but y'all can't. See, the, the reason why I'm saying that, we, we laugh about it. Y'all know what I mean. We make him tell them something and have a heated argument, but let somebody else jump up. Hold it. Wait a minute. Wait one minute. Now, I know that ain't right. I know that ain't right. Slow, slow it down now. Slow it down. Because what you saying about him, uh-uh, not up in here. Because that's my husband. That's how we should be even with one another. If somebody is talking about Teresa, and I may have saw Teresa do something, and they're going to just throw under, uh-uh, hold it right there. Mm-mm. I still love Teresa. No matter what I saw her done, the love for her is not going to change. That's how we should be. No matter what a person do, no matter what they get caught doing, we should not change because Jesus didn't change. He caught us in a lot of mess, but he still loved us outside of our mess. That's why he said, I'm going to forgive you for all your mess- messes, past, present, and future, because I know you're going to mess up. Because some things that we don't even know we're going to do in the future, he already said, I paid for it. Now, just because I paid for it don't mean you got to keep doing it. Hello, somebody. See, we're taking that grace card, and we just want to use it all the time. We can't do that. When you know what he has done, that's why we come into fellowship, and that's why you get taught, and that's why when new members come in, they need to know what we're about. We don't just need to accept new members just to get money. It ain't ain't about that. Yes, we need that. But we still want to let them know this is what we believe. This is what we stand for is truth. So we don't want to just do stuff just because to keep bodies in a seat. We don't want to do that. Because the word is going to draw you or drive you. It's according to where you are and it's according to where you want to be. Some people get comfortable until the heat get turned up. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But even though the heat got turned up. They didn't change and they didn't bow down because they knew who they were serving. So we have to know whom we're serving and we can't bow down to any and everything just to keep friends. We don't do that because, you know, the only friend that will stick with us is who is Jesus. So we, we learn in that receiving new members, Acts 247, and we talked about handling disagreements. We want to handle disagreements according to the word, not according to how we feel and our opinion dealing with that disagreement. The biggest problem with the body of Christ, this is coming out of Matthew 18, verse 15 through 17. 
And this is how we do it. If we have ought against our brother or sister, who do we go to? Him, not me. Because if I'm teaching you what the Bible says, why are you coming to me? You don't even have to ask me if the word is telling you, you need to go to them. Be grown, go to them. And when you go to them, if they don't want to receive you, the word say, get you a witness. You can get you two or three witnesses. Go to them again. If they don't receive those two or three witnesses, guess what? Now you're ready to go to the church. This is how we come together as a church. Because the person did not want to receive, the first person didn't want to receive the witnesses. So now we're going to take it before the church. And if they don't receive the church, they're just like a heathen. See, they can't be part of it. Because a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. See, people get upset with this. Because people want to keep the devil in the church. Now, I'm just being honest. We are a body of believers. We're here to um, uphold, you know, if somebody's in a fault, what do we do? We help that person that's in that fault, you know, if they're overtaken. But if that person keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, that tells you that they don't want to be a part of the body of Christ. Correct? Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 5, verse 4 and 5. This tells us, again, about the man that was sleeping with his father's wife. The church was boasting and bragging about it. What do I mean by boasting and bragging? They knew what he was doing, but yet they said nothing. So church, when you know what a sister or brother is doing and you're not saying anything, and you know what the word is saying, you just as guilty. You're supposed to be able to go to your brother and sister and tell them what the word says. So they were boasting and bragging on this. But Paul, he come in with the word of God. And he was telling them that if he will not listen, then you turn him over to Satan. That means you let him go. Why? Because he have to see for himself that he need Jesus or she need Jesus. And if we keep allowing it in the church, guess what? Somebody else can say, well, if Jennifer Simpson do it, I can do it. You ain't say nothing to her. Why are you saying something to me? We have to shut it down. And people get so upset. Let me tell you something, y'all. It is not about feelings. Whoa, 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 feelings. It's not about that. Y'all quit looking at people's feelings. Them feelings is what's keeping them in sin. You got to bring them out according to the word of God. You got to love them. When you love a person, you don't allow them to stay in the position they're in. You pull them aside and you begin to talk to them. You begin to tell them what the word is saying. You give them the opportunity to turn from what they're doing. That means repent means to turn, have a change of mind. You giving them the word so they can turn, so they can see themselves. And that's what we're supposed to do. As a body of believers, we live according to the word, y'all. I love people, y'all, because if I see it, I'm going to tell you what I see. And I'm going to tell you what don't look good. Nobody can say, Lord, Lord, and serve in darkness all the time. Because if you're saying, Lord, Lord, and you love him, you're not going to be in the midst of that. You're going to turn from that, and you're going to turn to God. And that's why we have to make a separation. This is what the word says. 
This is how the congregation come together. And these are the things the congregation don't want to come together to do. See, the congregation want to come together to vote people in, to vote them out. They want to come together to tell the pastor what to spend and what not to spend. But they don't want to come together when it comes to these issues. It's wrong. They want to be in control. But they don't want to do what the word of God is telling them to do. Y'all, it is no excuse. I am so tired of people making excuse when it comes to the word of God. I'm so tired of people justifying. God has told us. He has forgiven us, y'all. He don't hold us guilty. But he want us to know that if I have brought you out of a place, why are you going back to a place I brought you out of? If I died for you to bring you out of that place. Then why are you in that place? I know we all have children, some of us. I'm not going to allow my child, no matter how much they hate me, to say, baby, I'm going to love you if you do it. Yeah, I'm going to love you, but what you're doing is wrong. And I'm not going to participate in the wrongness that you're doing. That's just how much I love you. Some people see children doing wrong, but they, but they, you know, I want to love them. I, I, I don't want them to think I hate them because I don't want them to do nothing. Come on. Mm-mm. You cannot uphold that. Wrong is wrong, y'all. Wrong is wrong. And we have to live for what is right. No matter if your kids are mad, no matter if your daddy, your mama, your grandma, your sisters or brothers hate you. The Bible says you're going to be hated because of the word. So all of us have to be in alignment according to this word, not in alignment according to the way the world does it. We don't do it like the world does it. We don't even take our issues to court, y'all. We don't supposed to show up in court with an issue. We supposed to solve it amongst ourselves. That's what the word says. But we get mad because somebody done something. Now you got a lawyer and you're sitting up there in court. You save self. We don't do that. We do things according to the word. And if we're going to be in the word, let's do what the word tells us to do. Next thing is, so we see that we handle disagreements according to the word. When the congregation come together and they fellowship, we handle disagreements. Also, coming together for the needs of the church. Believe it or not, that's in the word. <laughs> that's in the word. Coming together for the needs of the church. That's in Acts 4, 32 through 35. And this is when that, when you're getting taught the word of God, let me tell you what I have learned, y'all. Who in here have been taught how to take a bath? Everybody been taught how to wash your body so you won't smell? Okay, if you've been taught that, it's just natural to you, right? You know you're going to take a shower, you're going to take a bath, you're going to wash high and low, you're going to do something to go, right? You're going to do it because that's what you've been taught. And when you don't take one, how do you feel? You feel nasty. But when you take you a fresh shower and you come out of that shower, you feel like you can defeat anything, don't you? You feel so refreshed, so revived. How about when you clean your house? How many women know when your house is clean? You can walk through that house and you feel so fresh, so revived. And you can sit there within that week and you say, it's time to go get it again. Because it seems like the atmosphere changed. Y'all notice that? The atmosphere in your house began to change. So you know it's time to go at it again, right? So this is what I'm saying. That's natural to you. 
So if I'm teaching you the word of God and I'm teaching you what the word is saying, and if you got a Bible and you're reading it yourself, I shouldn't have to tell you when I say there's a need to prompt you to give. Should I? Because if it's in you, that's what you're going to do because it's coming from what? It's coming from the heart. It's coming from the word of God. So nobody should tell you what to do. These people sold what they had. They laid it at the apostles' feet for the apostles to give to whomever had a need. But see, we as the body of Christ, this is what we do. We look at the person. We look at what they have or what they don't have. And that's how we determine whether or not we give. Is that right? God said, I don't look at the outer. When a king was getting ready to be chosen, and um, Samuel thought he was looking at um, Elab or something like that. He was looking at him, and God said, no. He said, I don't look at the outer appearance. I look at the heart. See, that's why you have the Holy Spirit, because everybody that you see with makeup on, with fingernails, with eyelashes, looking good, that don't mean they got nothing in the bank. But if God say bless them, you bless them. You do what God say do. Because you don't know how they got them fingernails and eyelashes. You don't know how they got what they got. You don't know where it come from. I remember Tisha. I was standing up here and Tisha was standing up here. You remember Tisha? I said, who would you give to? What did y'all say, Tisha? Anybody remember that? And Tisha was a millionaire. High five, Tisha. But they pointed to Tisha. And they left little me out. Because you're looking at the outer. What's wrong? Because we ain't looking at things the way the word tells us to look at things. When you are in the word of God. And you're getting taught the word of God. Nobody have to tell you what to give or how much to give. Your heart begin to react. So we come together as a congregation in fellowship to meet needs. And whatever those needs are, we should be ready to meet them without mumbling and complaining. We're doing it. And and we don't have to do this and say, I'm going to pray on it and I'm going to get back. Because that's what some people use. I got to pray on that now. I don't know about all that now. I I just got to pray on that because the Lord ain't told me to do that now. That's where some people's hearts are. You're supposed to trust the one that's asking. You're supposed to know their demeanor. You're supposed to know their character. And the Holy Spirit, he'll stir up the discerning of spirits right then and there. But if your heart is hard towards giving, you're not going to give anyway. Because your heart has become hard and you're looking at what you have to do outside of what God is asking you to do. Y'all, this is why you have to be, you have to be taught. And once you're taught, you got to go home and allow this word to get into you. So you'll be able to bring out of you what's in you according to the word. And if the word is not in you, you're going to go on your situation and how you feel about that. So this is why we're learning what the congregation's supposed to do. See, some churches have things out of line. Ain't no deacon going to hire me or fire me, and ain't no congregation going to do that either. 
And I'm going to prove it to you in the word. Because God is the one that does that. God is the one that set up and God is the one that put down. And if he set me up, you can't put me down. So we need to set up the churches the way God want them to be set up and not the way man think they should be set up. That's why the traditions of men make the word of God a none effect. And if you have been up under the traditions of men so long, when I'm giving you the truth, your heart is so hard and you don't want to accept the truth for yourself because this is what you believe all your life. Some old folks will have some sayings that's not even in the word of God and people will say it. And they'll take it to heart like it's truth. I'm like, where, where did you get that from? Yeah. And some people that was in slavery would sing songs. Y'all know that song, I'm going to the water. They were going to the water to flee from slavery. And we took that up as black folks in church and started singing them old slave songs. Mm -hmm. Take me to the water. Mm -hmm. See, y'all better know this stuff. See, you better know what you're singing and what, or I'm, what's the mountain? I'm, I ain't going up no rough side of no mountain. Uh-uh. What God tell you, speak to that mountain. <laughs> he told you to speak it. He didn't tell you to climb it. And it'll move. <laughs> right? But we still trying to get up the rough side of the mountain. Until what now? My change already done come. I just ain't accepted it yet. Come on, go in the word of God. See, we sing this because this is what they sung. You got to understand why people singing what they singing. You remember the um, secular artist that was uh, a song Whitney was doing. It was called, um, it was a beautiful song, but he was crying out for help. I can't think of the song. Help me, Athea. R. Kelly song. Who? I look to you. He was crying out for help. Mm -hmm. See, some songs, you got to understand where they're coming from. Things that these secular artists sing, the rappers sing in death. So when when the Christians, not the Christians, the young folk get a hold of these death songs, they're dying. Because they hearing the beat, those are deaf lyrics. So understand what you're getting taught. Know what your children are listening to. Because that's what brings death. That's why we come together, y'all, to be on one accord like this stuff, this virus stuff that's going on. And, and, and they, huh. they done spoken and people gravitating to that more and they gravitating to the word of God. They're spending more time trying to be uh, virus chasers than word chasers. We're supposed to be so much in this word that we're supposed to live up under Psalms 91. Because y'all don't know what's around you. You don't know until somebody say it. What they fighting could already, well y'all already know. But we take it based on what people say. But when it comes to the word, we got problems, y'all. We won't take the word. Remember what we talked about Sunday? How we look at the word is worthless. We don't take the word for what it is. But as soon as somebody say this is here, oh, we bow down to it. 
We should be bowing down to the word. Y'all, God want to teach you how things supposed to be. I want Miracle Temple to be that church, to be the body of believers that people will say, that's what we supposed to be doing. I want this church to be the model church after God's own heart, doing it God's way all the way around. This is why people don't want to come in here because it's God's way or no way. And that's how it should be. The word should cut you. It's supposed to hurt you. Because it's supposed to bring you back. You ain't going to always get a good, good word now. Time, the word is good. But God chastised those whom he loved. And when you get that word, that word's supposed to cut you up. Going in and coming out. He's supposed to let you know about you. So that's why we're learning the patterns of the church and the way God intend for it to be. Not the way man intend for it to be. You need to find out why things are the way that they are now. Because that's not the way that God wanted them to be. And when you know the history behind why things are like they are, you will get a better understanding of, no, I'm not doing that. This is what the word tells me to do. So I pray that going through this, that you go back through these scriptures and you ask God, show me God. Reveal it unto me, God. Plow up that foul ground. Cultivate it. Because, Lord, I need help. I need to see things the way you need for them to be seen. Not the way I'm seeing them. Amen. So I'm going to take this, this last few minutes, if you don't mind, dealing with the things that we went over last week and this week. It was the same thing. Um, who want to come up and tell me what they have gotten out of those first six things? It may be one that, that touch you. Um, yeah, just talk about what, what uh, helped you. All of, all of it was good, but as I was reading the scripture the other day, I was going over to number six about um, come together for the needs of the church. And Acts 4 talks about, you know, the company of believers was a one heart and one soul, and not one claim that anything belonged to him was his own. But everything was common property and for the use of all. And after I read that, I was reading an article on the news. There was a CEO. He had his own business. He became a billionaire at 31 years old. He had it all. And he was uh, out hiking one day with an ex-girlfriend of his. And she had been in the military for like 11 years, been in Iraq twice. And she was out, um, got out of the military. She was working in Seattle. Um, she had working two jobs. And she was making about 40000 a year. But, you know, in Seattle, it's hard to even make it, working 50 hours a week in an apartment. So she was telling him her problems. He said, he said he had this bad feeling over him. It's like, you know, I'm part of that, part of that problem. And he is a billionaire, and people out here struggling trying to make it. So what he did, he said, you know, people talk about Bill Gates, the richest man in the world and all that. He said, what, what is that? That's nothing. So he had a meeting, all his employees, he had 125 employees. And what he did, he bumped everybody's salary up to $70,000 a year. The minimum, that's what their salary was. But what he had here, what he had to do, he sold both of his houses, he sold all his stocks, all got rid of all his savings, and moved into the apartment. 
and he was making a minimum what everybody else was making. So he took like a um, he took like a million dollar cut in his pay. So he drove the same car for twelve years at Audi, all he had. And employees came together and bought him a car. And what he's saying is, five years later, he's making the same salary. He never raised his salary, but his employees taking care of. They were able to buy themselves houses. Someone pay off the mortgage. Someone um, help the parents get debt free. His business has multiplied five times more in five years. But he's still on his same little salary. He looked out for other people. And now they're looking out for him, taking care of him too. But what does that say? That speaks volume, doesn't it? That's what the kingdom's supposed to be doing. It's not about us. It's about him and whatever we have don't belong to us. And we do with what we have according to what he say. Not according to what we want to do. Because I believe all of us in here have had times when we had this that we could sell or get rid of. And have we ever said, God, what do you want me to do with this? How do you, what do you want me to do with this, God? Because this belonged to you first and foremost. So how do you want me to handle this? Y'all, when we live according to the word, we don't miss anything. Not nothing. Because God takes care of his own. We are kingdom people. This is why I'm telling y'all, with the way things are going now, man cannot save you. I don't care what president hit Washington, D.C., Republic or Democrat. They cannot save you for what's yet to come on this earth. If you do not seek God while he can be found, you're going to be lost with the rest of them. Do not look to man. We are in a time now. Man do not have answers. They are second guessing stuff. And God have told y'all over and over again. I am so tired of Republican, Republicans and Democrats fighting against each other. We are one. We don't supposed to be having wars against each other because one is a Republican, one is a Democrat. You are kingdom. Live according to kingdom because no matter what they do, whoever you get in that office, they are man, they're going to change. Hello, somebody. They're going to change because they don't know God. Y'all better check. Read, read the word. You had Judah. You had Israel. And you had Judah. Two kingdoms, did you not? They were Jews. They did know God, but they still turned. You had some good ones. You had some bad ones, but this is what they wanted. So God will turn you over to what you want. So we need to quit this foolishness and get into the word of God and hear what God has to say and do it. And you cannot decide based on what this one say and what that one say. You better get on your face and say, God, what are you saying? Because y'all, we are living in perilous times. This is no joke no more. No joke no more because when money run out, who going to give it to you? When gas prices go up, who give you free gas? Y'all better be thinking. You better think according to that word. This mess needs to stop. God has given you everything you need and you need to be taken. You should have took it several years ago when God told you before all this stuff come out. The next thing that's coming out, watch what I tell you. If you're getting surgery, <laughs> you better not let the surgeon know whether you're Democrat or Republican. Now, I'm telling y'all what's getting ready to occur. 
You better not let your lawyer know which one you are that's representing you. This is coming to a war, y'all. Now, y'all better hear what I'm saying, all jokes aside. When you let people know what you represent, they will kill you. You better quit this foolishness. And you better do it according to the word of God. Keep your opinions to yourself. Because if you don't know him the way you need to know him, they will kill you over politics. They will fire you over politics. Who are you going to vote for now? This is no joke. Keep your opinions to yourself. And keep it out of here. Because this is what I do. Nothing but word, and I'm going to do it the way God say do it. Y'all better grow up in here. Y'all living in the time now. You better know what, you say, what you're saying. It ain't no time to have opinions. You better have truth. Y'all, we're in a war, and y'all don't even see it. We're in a war. People are waiting on you. The one that almost hit apostle with that car. Come on, y'all. Come on. This is no joke. Get in the word. Do what the word said and you will make it. God protects his own. He pro- Go in the word. These men got protected because of the word. We're getting back in those times. They're locking people up for no reason. People going to be mad. But it's going to take this. It's going to take this all the way. Nothing but this, because there is no perfect man. None. 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 We're in perilous times. Choose according to this Bible and quit choosing according to your pocketbook. Quit choosing according to black and white. Quit choosing that way. Choose according to this word. And if you ain't been in it long enough, do some fasting, do some praying before you make the wrong choice. And that's truth. And zip it. When somebody asks you, give them a quote from this word. They ain't going to ask you no more. Quote this right here. God will give you the answer. He'll give you what to say. Anybody else before we dismiss? Did anything hit somebody with the teaching and we're going to close out? Was there uh, one we went over, the six that we went over? Okay. Announcements? Any announcements? Announcements?